welcome to the boss level. My name is Enigma. I am your evil supervillain and your host. I am also a 15-year video game industry veteran. I'm a lifelong gamer, game console collector, and I stream part-time. Hope you've had a great weekend. Hope you're uh, ready to have a great week. Uh, the last week here in the suburbs of Chicago has been a little weird. Uh, and anyone will tell you in the Midwest, if you if you live here long enough or you live here at all, they'll tell you if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. And boy, that's what happened this last week. Uh, now, to be fair, we in January we've had, we had a really uh, wet January with a lot of a lot of snow, a lot of ice during that month. But uh, they were in a El Nino pattern, and that El Nino means we're supposed to have a mild winter from after that, and we have had a very mild winter after that. But that being said, we uh, we we still have that midwestern. Just wait a few minutes and things will change. You know, Thursday of last week, it was nearly 70 degrees outside. I had short sleeves on. It was nice. And then when I took the dog out Friday night before my stream, uh, it, it was snowing. So, I mean, it's just, that's how it is. You go from 70 degrees to snowing in 24 hours. It's, it's just how things are here. So, uh, it's also the last weekend of my of my couch that I'm, I'm uh, recording on and I stream on my, my brown uh, leather couch. It's uh, it's reached the end of its lifespan here with, with us in, in this wonderful abode that we have. Uh, Wednesday the 28th we're having a new couch delivered. It'll be theater seating. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting that in. It'll have the USB chargers and the ambient lighting and, and uh, cup holders and all that stuff. Plus, you know, plus hopeful leather couch. And it's, it was a little stiff when we sat in it in the store, but uh, that's how it is with leather. It's like any other uh, material that uh, is a little stiff. When you first get it, and then as you uh, move on, as you uh, use it and and uh, and use it, it'll it'll soften up a little bit. So that's what we're looking forward to that on Wednesday. Uh, looking forward to getting that couch in, and, and you know this this couch has been really nice, but uh, it's got holes in it, and then uh, I tend to lean on my elbow a lot on one of the armrests here, and because of that, that's where the uh, <laughs> the hole is, and the foam that's under it is 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 flat, like you can almost feel the wood underneath it. So. Um, that, that's what's going on here at, uh, at my humble abode. And I certainly hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that you are taking care of yourself and your loved ones as well. So before we get into today's topic, let's go ahead, uh, topics I should say, let's go ahead and get our good housekeeping out of the way. As I said at the top of the show, I'm a part-time Twitch streamer. That means you can find me on Twitch, you can find me on Kick, you can find me on YouTube at Evil Enigma on all of those platforms. You can find me all those places. I stream Friday nights and Sunday mornings. You can also find me on Twitter at Evil Enigma. I am there as well, and I do uh, highly would love it if you would follow me on all those platforms, but Twitter is where I'm most active. Uh, I do stream Friday nights and Sunday mornings, as I said. Friday nights, I've been streaming Borderlands 3 with my, uh, my good friend Alex Knightley. Uh, she and I have been playing through the entire game. We are uh, in the Handsome Jackpot right now. We started the Handsome Jackpot on Friday. So that's where we are with uh, with that. We are um, going to continue the Handsome Jackpot on, on Friday as far as I know. And we're going to play through all of the wonderful little uh, you know DLCs and things like that. That's, that's the plan anyway. So that's what we're doing right now. And on Sundays, now this Sunday coming up, I'm going to start streaming Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It'll be a blind playthrough. We're going to play through that game together and see how it stacks up and compares to uh, the actual Final Fantasy VII that came out <laughs> back in 1997. So 
uh, looking forward to seeing that. I really want to play it. It's going to be really hard for me not to play that online, but I want it to be a blind playthrough, playing it together with everybody. So that'll be on Sundays. We're doing that usually between 9 and noon. You can find me uh, on Friday nights between usually 9 to 9.30 Central Standard Time to midnight-ish at night. When I'm playing with Alex like we have been, sometimes we go a little longer. Sometimes she says that she can't because she's tired and she'll go to bed a little early. And then if she does that, then I'll load up another game or something and we'll play that. But on Sundays, it's usually between 9 a.m. to noon-ish. You know, sometimes it's a little, I start a little early, sometimes I start a little late. But uh, usually it's about a three-hour block right there, and we will play uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So I would appreciate if you follow me on those platforms. I do simulcast on all of them. So if you have a preferred platform, Twitch, Kick, or YouTube, I'm on all of those platforms, and you can uh, you can chat with me on any of those platforms while I stream. If you want to ask me any questions about the podcast or make suggestions to me, uh, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. I really, really would. Uh, love it to, to always get uh, people to, to speak with me and, and talk with me and converse with me. I've been getting a lot better at posting things during the week. I do try to make people laugh and smile, but at the same time, I also share my feelings on what's going on in the business, what's going on in entertainment. Uh, I try not to post any real hot takes, you know, opinion hot takes. I will uh, just post, you know, stuff about the business that I've noticed myself and, and my opinion as to what's going on. But as far as like hot takes, your game, your favorite game sucks. I don't do that. I don't. I don't really do that. So feel free to uh, to uh, follow me on all those platforms. I'd love to talk to you. Love to have your support. And of course, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to get to uh, you know partnered status and subscriber status, all that stuff with the, with Kick and with uh, uh, YouTube. As I'm now getting in on those platforms of simulcast, I need all the help I can get uh, with with the follows and subscriptions and all that. So if you help me. Uh, get the monetization status on those platforms. I'd really appreciate that, okay? All right, so thanks for listening to that. Uh, I do appreciate you guys listening to me uh, go through my socials and all that stuff. Hopefully people will uh, will follow me. I am trying to get back into growth mode. So uh, Today's topic is going to be, they're related. Uh, we're going to talk about Borderlands because uh, the movie trailer dropped. And uh, we have some rumors. We have some, not just, uh, I mean, we have rumors, of course. But uh, we have rumors as far as uh, as the games go. There's that uh, we could see something with games. So, uh, but let's go ahead and talk about the movie trailer first. This uh, this movie trailer dropped last week. It's uh, the first real stuff that we have uh, seen on the movie. I know that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays Tannis in the movie, uh, shared some silhouette pictures on uh, her Twitter, and that went that went viral probably about a year uh, prior. Uh, she just we just saw the silhouettes of what the characters were going to look like and uh, this is the first time we've actually seen them all though we've we've seen them up close we see them acting it is a movie trailer so we've seen the movie trailer now we have to keep in mind one important thing uh, this is apparently going to be some sort of alternate storytelling of the Borderlands uh, one game okay so they're they've made changes uh, I know there's gonna be people who are gonna be like eh. Because there is a gender swap, of course, because it's Hollywood and that's what they do. But uh, they also have changed, you know, some of the names of uh, of, of not names. They've changed the age of of Tiny Tina. You know, when she was in the second game, Borderlands Two, she was thirteen years old. Now she's in this first Borderlands movie, and she looks like she's more late teens, early twenties, quite frankly. But overall, I liked the aesthetic from what I saw. It does look like Borderlands. It does. I've heard a lot of people uh, compare it to Guardians of the Galaxy, and I am by no means an expert on remembering everything 
about that, but I want to say that Borderlands and the aesthetic of Borderlands came out before uh, the game came out before uh, the uh, the wonderful uh, Guardians of the Galaxy films made their debut, and they did change the Guardians quite a bit uh, from the the comic books and their their origins. So yeah, uh, I'm not prepared to say that uh, Borderlands is copying Guardians as much as I think that they are two sides of the same two they're the same side of this of the of one coin basically. They're both heads, you know that kind of thing. I don't believe that uh, one ripped off the other. But quite honestly, now, uh, but that's just me. The aesthetic of Borderlands has been there since the very beginning. Uh, I did like what I saw of uh, the characters' designs for the most part. Uh, you, you know, uh, Kate Blanchett as Lilith looks perfect. She looks she looks great. Uh, and now my friend Alex pointed out to me that she she didn't see the siren tattoos, and uh, that's I said, well, that's because she's wearing a jacket, right? I mean, that's. How it is? That's uh, the siren tattoos are all up and down her arm, and if she's wearing a jacket, you can't see it. And, uh, and I didn't say this because I didn't think of it until after the fact, but uh, she might be hiding the fact she's a siren, you know? Because sirens, there's only seven of them in the galaxy at one time. They are the rarest thing in the galaxy, according to uh, what we've heard, and uh, they can be hunted. They can. They are something that people, uh, especially the crazy people, they want to hunt them. They they want to. You know, she she could be protecting herself by not advertising the fact that she is a siren. Now later on in the trailer, we did see the firehawk symbol. So there's no doubt that that she is a siren. That she will have her siren powers. Uh, I don't know if she gains them, if she already has them, or if she gains them throughout the movie, or, or whatever. But we, I do believe that uh, we will see that because the the Firehawk insignia, we we did see that, so it's it's probably going to happen. Uh, Kevin Hart is Roland. Uh, Kevin Hart's uh, how can I say this? He's funny. I like Kevin Hart quite a bit, and he his his uh, comedy style does fit. With the Borderlands aesthetic, the only thing about Kevin Hart is, is he is way too short to be Roland. He is way too short, but uh, that's just the opinion of me, my opinion of a fat old man. Um, the the young lady who's playing Tiny Tina, uh, she's actually a very beautiful young lady, uh, but she she, you know, she looks fine. You know, I, I think that she's gonna get the hard thing for that's gonna be in for her is is that she's gonna have to try to capture that insanity cute insanity kind of violence kind of thing that Tiny Tina has. Uh, interested to see what they do with that. Well, what I saw was fine, but uh, at the same time, it's like, okay, well, what the heck? Where where are we going with this, you know? And uh, then the biggest disappointment to me, though, was really Jamie Lee Curtis's Tannis. And when they announced that she was going to be Tannis, I said, oh, that's perfect casting if I've ever seen it. That's great. That's great. And then I saw in the trailer, and she was very low-key. She wasn't... Tannis is a very... Uh, uh, outspoken kind of of character. Now she's she's antisocial and all that good stuff. That's that's a hundred percent true. She doesn't like people at all. But she's usually very uh, in the games. She she likes to tell people that she's smarter than them. She wants them to know. And and Jamie Lee Curtis was playing it very low key uh, with Tannis. So I guess we'll we'll see where that goes. Uh, there were some interesting omissions from the trailer. Okay. Now we did see Moxie. And we saw Marcus. We we did see that. And by the way, Marcus should have narrated 
the trailer and he didn't. And I think that's a missed opportunity because anyone who knows through Borderlands knows that Marcus is basically the narrator. He is. He tells the story. Every Borderlands game has him going, oh, you want to hear a story? Ah, and then that's that's how, that actually wasn't bad. Uh, that's how it works is that they need to, uh, he needs to narrate it. So I wish he would have narrated the trailer because that would have just, con- that would have been chef's kiss for me. But uh, we saw Marcus, we saw Moxie, Moxie looked fine. Moxie almost looked too much like Moxie. It was, it was, yeah, I, I, there was really no changes in the aesthetic of the character design. So they're going to go her straight lace, you know, straight Moxie. That's, that's something else. Uh, We didn't see, uh, I don't think we saw Scooter or Ellie, but they're listed in the credits for IMDB that there will be a Scooter and there will be an Ellie and Ellie's actress looks kind of hot so i don't know how to feel about ellie being hot that's a little little weird but um we didn't see there was there were some glaring omissions that i wish we would have seen uh first of all where's mr torg right if you have tiny tina we have to have mr torg there was no mr torg so i was kind of uh you know bummed about that that there's no mr torg at least not that we have seen uh and then uh there's also no brick and no mordecai you know if you've got lilith and you have uh, 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 Roland, you have to have Mordecai and you have to have Brick, right? They're the first four Vault Hunters from the first game. So where is Birdman and where is Meat Slab? We have to have those guys there to uh, to help with the aesthetic of, of the game too, because that's that's a retelling of the first game, right? So they have to be there. Um, so we didn't see them. I wish we would have seen them. I don't know if they'll be in the movie or not, but I really kind of hope they do get the band together for that. Um, overall, I, I did, like I said, I liked the aesthetic of it. I don't think for one second I didn't notice the, uh, the fact that the, there was a bunch of Atlas soldiers and they had the Atlas armor perfect right from the game and the Atlas assault rifles perfect right from the games. It, they were perfectly, uh, captured. They were, they were great. As, uh, as far as the, the humor goes, we'll see. Uh, they have a lot, they do have some good comedic, uh, uh actors, uh, in this movie. You know, Kevin Hart is a very comedic actor he's very good at what he does jack black is a very comedic actor he's playing claptrap he's the voice of claptrap they they do have these uh these these talented comedians that that can that can actually carry a film and make it funny and i'll tell you what i mean by that is there's a lot of ad-libbing in some of these slapstick comedies last night my girlfriend and i watched talladega nights first time we had seen that in a long time it was on tv and we just watched it and uh, you can just tell there are certain parts of the movie where they're not scripted. It, it's you're, when you're watching it and they're they're doing stuff, they're they're interacting and they're coming up with stuff off the top of that. They're ad libbing. Uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and Sasha Baron Cohen and even Michael Clark Duncan was 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 ad libbing there a little bit. But that is something that they have to do in these comedic movies is they have to have this these these parts where. Uh, these these comedians are allowed to show off their chops. They have to be able to show why they they were cast, right? How are they going to be funny? And you can't just be funny by reading words off of a page. You can't you can't just read a script and say, "Well, I can make this funny." No, that's not how it works. Usually, what will happen is is that they'll have a scene where they'll just say, "Okay, we need to get we have point A. You're going to walk into a room, and we need point B. We need you to end up walking out of the room over here." And, and they'll tell you kind of generally, hey, we need you to talk about this, that, or the other. But there's no real scripted lines. What they want the comedian to do is go in there and ad-lib and say something that's going to, you know, come off as funny. And, and uh, that's, that's how Hollywood has been for a long time. And that's how it's probably going to be long after now. Uh, if you ever watched the original Sonic the Hedgehog movie with Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, 
we were watching that when it when it came out on DVD or in Blu-ray. And uh, I I looked at my girlfriend and just said, "How do you direct him? Because he's got, you can just tell he's going off on his own and doing stuff. The, the the dancing that he did at the end of the movie and all that. Then to, it, it, I was just like, how how does the director say, Jim? We need you to dance like this. Can can you can you thrust out your pelvis and your butt when you're when you're dancing? How do you do that? And the the truth is is that he the director does not. They just turn the camera on and let him go, and he's in the letting the character and just let him do his thing. And that's what I hope they do uh, with Borderlands here, with uh, with uh, Kevin Hart and Jack Black, and even Jamie Lee Curtis can come off funny. She's not a comedic actress as far as I know, but she's been in comedy. She was in True Lies. Uh, she you know she she does do funny stuff, so she can she has some comedic chops herself. I would. I'm just really. Uh, I hope that they do a good job of, of retelling the first game. Now, this is supposed to be a telling a retelling of the first game, which means, unfortunately, no handsome Jack. Okay, so let let's just uh, get the the 800 pound gorilla out of the way. No, there's probably not going to be handsome Jack in this. Now, there could be a after credits teaser, which I think would be the best thing ever if they just had, you know, a a guy walk in with, and there's like the handsome Jack mask on a, on a table and he picks it up or, you know, or, or just says, Hey pumpkin, you know, something like that. And, and tease that we have handsome Jack coming in the second movie. I think that would be really a, you know, chef's kiss, but cause, cause uh, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, handsome Jack is one of the best video game villains of all time. Like top 10. He's up there with Bowser. He's up there with Sephiroth. He is, he, he is up there. He is a fantastic villain. And I was telling my girlfriend about him. We went out to eat uh, for lunch yesterday when we were we had to go up to uh, Sam's Club to get my dog's medication, our dog's medication, I should say. And we were sitting there, and I, I was just talking to her about the fact that Alex and I were talking about the Borderlands movie, and we were wondering who should play Handsome Jack. And I think I came up with the perfect person to play Handsome Jack. And I, and she said, "Well, you have to explain to me what what you mean by." You know, handsome Jack. What 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 is he? What what is this? So I'd explain to her that you know, handsome Jack is the Borderlands Two main villain, and when you start the game, he's just an annoying guy who's comedically talking trash to you over your Echo Net, over your communication device. So he's he's just basically insulting you while he's eating pretzels, is what he's doing. He's he's just continually, and he's funny. He's very very funny, arrogant but funny, and he's just he's just doing that. And then as the game progresses. He gets more and more and more menacing until at the end of the game he has full blown heel mode, and uh, it's it's just he he's just not as funny. He's he's overbearing and he's he's evil, and you have to go you have to take him out. I think Will Arnett would be a perfect choice for Handsome Jack, and it's because you know Will Arnett's got the comedic chops to do it. He is a comedic actor. He does have a very iconic voice. He's the Lego Batman voice. He's the voice of, uh, you know, the car commercials and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. He does all those things. He does have a, a very iconic voice, and so and the comedic, and he's got the iconic voice, and he could really pull off that that false bravado kind of of, of evilness that uh, Handsome Jack is. And I just I think he would be the perfect choice to play uh, Handsome Jack. And feel free to tell me on Twitter I'm full of crap. Or hey, that's actually not bad. I, I you know, <laughs> you know, Will Arnett might be a good choice. He could, I, I, but I, I would love to see Will Arnett uh, pick up the handsome Jack mask and and, and do that. That would be uh, fan flipping tastic. The question would be is would the handsome Jack mask look like Will Arnett then? Because handsome Jack's mask is handsome Jack. I mean, he says he wears a mask that's his own face. 
So that would be interesting to see how that would how that would work out. Of course, if they do a Borderlands 2, that means that there would have to be uh, the other Vault Hunters. We'd see Maya, we'd see uh, uh, Axton, uh, I can't remember the Zero, maybe even you know Gage, the Mac- the Macromancer. You know, Krieg is in, is a Borderlands 2 character, and he's in the first movie. So who who knows what they will do with that? But uh, the question is, is that what happens if Borderlands the movie sucks or doesn't do well? Because let, let's just be honest here, guys. Uh, my girlfriend, besides me talking about Borderlands, has no idea what Borderlands is, right? I mean, it's so my and my parents, if they talk to them about this movie, they're not going to what the heck? What is this about? What is what's 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 this guy? So what what is this thing with with, uh, you know, the, the claptrap? What is the, the poop and bullets? What is that? So uh, the normies have to know what it is. The normies have to get uh interested in this movie now there's a lot of gamers out there and borderlands does have a lot of fans so there there's they've already got my money to go see this movie okay that's how it's going to work because i'm going to go see it one way or another but it's i'm not going to be the one that's uh that they're worried about they should be worried about getting the normies to go and that for that reason they're going to have to make sure that they uh get into a, a mindset where they're going to have to use the star power of Kate Blanchett and Kevin Hart and Jamie Lee Curtis and Jack Black to get people to go see the movie who don't know what Borderlands is. Because the truth is, is that Borderlands is a, uh, it's a, it's a legacy IP based off of a pre-existing uh, franchise. And the reason why they do a lot of this stuff besides making money is they want to bring more people into the fandom. Which means that if Borderlands the movie is good and it does well in the theaters, that there will be people who see it and go, I want to play these games. And then they can put these games, they'll go pick up these games on their Playstations or Xboxes or, uh, or, or Switches and have the ability to play those games and, and experience what their games were like themselves. And I think that, I mean, that's, that's what the, the big reason that they do these is that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to sell more games. So if that happens, that will make Borderlands a big success, and then they'll do a second one, and then Kate Blanchett and Kevin Hart and Jack Black, they'll all be back, right? That's that's the whole the whole plan. That all being said, we have to keep in mind that the, there's a there's a very big possibility that the game that the movie is going to crater, right? That it won't do as well as they want it to do. And if that's the case, what will happen to this Borderlands cinematic universe that? Uh, Randy Pitchford of Gearbox has said this is the beginning of what's what's going to happen with the Borderlands cinematic universe. And I think it comes down to the fact that Eli Roth is directing it. Eli Roth is a director who does a lot of uh, gore movies. He's, you know, hostile, things like that. But he's got a fan base. He has he does have a big fan base. I don't particularly care for gore movies, you know, let's step on people's eyeballs and stuff like that. But that's that's his stick. But he does have a fan base, which means, in my opinion, that if Borderlands does crater, if it doesn't do very well, then we'll see a sequel, but it'll be like a direct DVD sequel, right? So maybe Kevin Hart, will, you know, they'll replace them all. They'll replace all the big name actors because they're not going to pay Kate Blanchett uh, the millions of dollars that she is rightfully owed for, for playing any role because she is so good at, at, at you know as an actress. Yeah. Uh, They'll they'll cat they'll recast and it won't have as uh, you know the special effects will be a little worse the CG will be a little worse so that's always possible that they could do that that they carry it carry it through on you know direct to DVD sequels direct to you know streaming service sequels that that's that's really possible to what they could do so I do think this is the start of something I just want to see where it goes and I really hope it does well because I would love to see if the and it's if the movie has to be good too guys that's the 
that's the thing, and that's that's a big problem that we're having right now with a lot of these these Hollywood films. You know, we just had this uh, Madam Web movie come out from from Sony, which is a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man in it. Go figure. And of course, no one went to see it, and they didn't go see it for a multitude of reasons. Okay, let's let's not you know litigate every reason why. But the point of the fact is, is that most people who saw it said it's a steaming pile of crap. And so you have a Spider-Man movie with no Spider-Man in it. And that's what is really selling the, 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 the problem here. That's why it didn't do well. It had nothing to do with you know, angry trolls on the internet or anything like that. The point of the fact is, is that if you want to, people to come see your film, if you want people to come and enjoy your product, you need to have a product for them to, that is enjoyable. You have to have an enjoyable product. And a lot of these movies, a lot of these fan movies in particular, based off of you know, Spider-Man, Borderlands here, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, DC, EU, whatever they're, they're calling their DC uh, thing now. You have to be able to have something that's enjoyable. If you don't have something that's enjoyable, it's going to crater. And a great example is Super Mario Brothers that came out last year. That movie did phenomenal. And you know why? Because it was enjoyable. It was fine. It was great. It was, it was a great film for people who don't knew nothing about Mario, like my girlfriend. But then there's a lot of stuff in there for people like me who grew up with Mario. And there's stuff in there for kids, and there, you know, and and oh, not that Borderlands is gonna be a kid movie. It's not. It, it's just you have to be, to put out a product that that or is uh, that people are going to enjoy. And and I'm, when you're talking about something that has a, a fan base to it, a pre-existing legacy IP, you the, the writers and the directors and the actors all have to walk a very thin line. It's like walking on the uh, the uh, blade side of a sword. Okay. Just imagine walking on it. If you go and if you if you take one toe out of line, you're going to cut yourself one way. You if you fall off one side, you go way too far to cater to the fans, and you all, you alienate the normies, right? So you just have this big fan film that people really want to see, you know that that these the fans want to see, which is there's maybe a whole lot of them, but at the same time, you're not getting half of your audience that way. And if you go too far to the normies, then you lose the uh, the diehards, right? They'll say this is crap. I don't want anything to do with this, and they won't support it either. So you have to walk this this knife edge to in order to draw in both both sides to have something that normies will enjoy and the fans will enjoy. You have to be able to do both, and that Super Mario Brothers is a great example of how that works. An absolutely great example. I hope they do the same thing with Borderlands. I do. I, I want there to be stuff that we notice in the background. I want to be. I want the voice actors. I want to see Ashley Birch somewhere. Just doing a random bit, you know, the voice of Tiny Tina, doing a, a random bit in the, in the movie. I want to see that. I want to see, you know, the, these really interesting and weird uh, things that only a Borderlands fan would, would notice, but the movie still has to be good and it still has to be able to, to get the people who know nothing about the IP to come in and see it and enjoy it. That's the tough part. That's what it needs to do, and I hope it does it. I really do. Uh, we'll see, though. We'll see. I think they said August 9th, right? So it'll be out in theaters in August. And uh, I plan on seeing it. And I will gladly share my review uh, here and on my Twitter account after seeing it so we can actually uh, you know, talk about it. We can talk about the, the movie and, and where they're going with it, okay, and how it was. So uh, that's what I wanted to talk about for that. That was to be the lion's share of the, uh, uh, the podcast today. But we do have another topic to talk about that is related. And that is Borderlands 4. Now, let's be completely clear before we go any further. There has been no announcement of Borderlands 4 as I record this on Sunday, February 25th, 
2024. There's been no announcement. Uh, there's always little teasers. Pitchford said to IGN that they're working on the greatest thing they've ever worked on, which would tell me it's a Borderlands game. But uh, the truth is, is that I do believe we were going to see, well, we're going to see a new Borderlands product uh, this year. I hope it is Borderlands 4. And uh, I say that because of the way Borderlands 3, the story mode ended. We have to be able to go back and, and, and find Lil. We you know all these things. We have to be able to go and, and see where this goes. The thing is, is that it takes Gearbox a while to put something like that out. And we know that the, the wait from Borderlands 2 to Borderlands 3 was something like seven or eight years. I hope that's not what we're going to see here. But the reason why I think it's going to be a Borderlands 4 is very simple. And it is the movie. It is absolutely the movie. And uh, I, I've said this on Twitter, but I will tell you uh, how this works and how it used to work anyway. And you don't see a lot of this anymore uh, because of the, the way that basically entertainment has worked but uh, let's just get back in our way back machine and go back about 10 12 years okay if you go and you look at all the games that came out on the xbox 360 and the playstation 3 and the, and the wii and all that a lot of them were movie licensed games okay you had your kung fu pandas you had your uh yeah now i can't think of any uh you know transformers you know the spider-man games you had all these games coming out based off of movies okay then the spider-man had other stuff too but but the movie games they have all these games that are coming out based off of movies. And it was very common for that to happen at that time. It was something that happened for 20 years prior. And it happened, it's, it still kind of happens, but not as much. And basically what happens is, is that these movie studios want as many products and as many, many different types of eyeballs on their, on their product as humanly possible. They want t-shirts, toys, posters, books. All these things, and video games are one of the things that the movie studios wanted. They wanted to have a, a video game out on the shelves for a uh, someone to go and watch the movie and say, oh, I need to experience more of that. And then they go by their store and they go, oh, look, there's a Captain America game. I'm going to pick that up. And that's the whole point of it. Now, uh, the movie studios would ask for a lot of money. And they would basically get into bidding wars, okay? That's that's the way it would work, is that I would have a product. Let's just say um, I'm going to do a movie based off of a, a pre-existing IP that I created, okay? Uh, I'm They're doing a movie based off of my stuff, which is great. The movie studio says, hey, we have uh, Enigma's IP here. We're, we're going to make a movie on it. Uh, who wants to make a video game off of it? And then you'd have EA and Activision and Capcom and Sega and all these companies would uh, bid on, hey, we can make something out of that. We can make something off of that. And uh, they would get into a bidding war. The company who paid the most would get the rights. Then the publisher would find out and go to developers and all that stuff and, fi and find where, where they can put that to uh, make the most money, right? Because they pay a lot of money for the, to, to get the rights. And uh, sometimes they would go to a developer who's uh, who they had purchased or they were they were going to publish a game based off of the stuff that they were doing. And they'll go and they'll say, hey, 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 we have a great idea. Why don't you take this game that you're going to make anyway and make it after Enigma's IP and change the characters and do this and do that and change the story? Can, can, can you take that formula and do that? And they would do it. And that's why a lot of movie-based games sucked. There were some good ones. I'm not saying there weren't any good ones, because there were good ones. But for the most part, they were mediocre to poor. And that's because they spent so much time and money 
uh, acquiring the rights that there was no money left over for actual development of a proper game. Borderlands has the uh, distinct pleasure of being a video game. So they need to have as Borderlands on as much stuff as possible. They need to have posters and t-shirts and, and toys and all this stuff. They're going to have that stuff out. They're going to try to have that stuff out. And then on top of that, they need to have a game out there. Now, granted, there are there are Borderlands games out there. There's three in the main series. There's the pre-sequel as well, four in the main series. We count the pre-sequel, of course. Uh, there's Tales from the Borderlands. There's two of those. There's Wonderlands, Tiny Tunes Wonderlands. There are games out there that, uh, that, that people can buy. The thing is, they're not new. Okay, they're not new. You can go to the store right now and uh, pick up a copy of Borderlands 3 for like 10 bucks. Okay, and, and it's, it's, it's well out of the public zeitgeist. Okay. If Gearbox does what they did with the, with the third game, with Borderlands 3, and they bring out a game that has, uh, you know, it's a, it's a mainstream Borderlands, and let's just say, I'm, I'm predicting it'll be Borderlands 4. They have a main story to do, to, to do uh, Borderlands 4 with. They have, they support it the same way, where they do it for two years of online support, five or six DLC packs to go along with it, they could very well cement Borderlands as one of the top franchises moving software on these on these consoles. They really could. They put it on PC, Xbox, PlayStation. I don't think it's going to fit on the Switch, but maybe the Switch 2 or whatever they were calling it, maybe they can put it on there. The thing is, is that they need to go and have a product on the shelf, a brand new product on the shelf, so when someone goes to the store after watching the movie, they can say, oh, wait. There's Borderlands 4. I should, I should check that out because I really liked the movie. Let's go and, and check that out and grab that and see, see how I like it. That's the whole thing is that they really want to hammer that home and bring more fans in. And they're going to do that, hopefully, by having a game out on the shelf, a brand new game. And fans are hungry for new Borderlands. They really are. Uh, I still play Borderlands 3 with my friend Alex Knightley, as, as I said. Uh, here, but here's the the dirty little secret about that is that the game is uh, is great as great as it is. It's also not being supported anymore. It's also they're not making anything new for it. And uh, they did release Wonderlands uh, a couple years ago, and I don't think it did as well as they wanted it to. And there's a litany of reasons why. I've gone over those before on my on my streams. Uh, it didn't do as well as they as they really wanted it to. I think, and because of that, they're going to move into development of a new game soon and we have to also remember that gearbox is no longer independently owned uh, they are now part of the embracer group the same outfit that owns tomb raider now and owned uh, volition they closed volition down because of saints row uh, they have these these uh franchises and, they, and they're owned and, and they have you know randy pitchford has a corporate master to answer to they need to produce money they need to have money and right now embracer group has not had a lot of successes due to they've spent a lot of money they've acquired a lot of rights to a lot of ips and a lot of studios but they have not produced fruit as of yet so i think that the pressure will be on is already on uh, gearbox to produce uh, a new borderlands game and not wait seven years to do it that they need to do it sooner than later they need to have games out especially if you're trying to sell tickets to your movie you want your movie to do well you need to make sure you have uh product placement outside of the movie as well so having a brand new game on the shelf especially with a diehard rabid fan base that borderlands has there's a lot of people who like borderlands games a lot of gamers who like it they will be there and if you do things the right way if your movie is good and uh it 
your, your fans like it and the dormies like it, you can actually have your uh, influencers, so to speak. Like, I, I'll play Borderlands 4 on stream. I played 3 for a year when I first started streaming. I could see, the, you know, people streaming the game and putting it on YouTube and stuff like that to, to help people get into it. They could make this into a great big franchise. They really could. It is a big franchise now. They could make it a lot bigger. But they have to have quality products out there, and they need to go ahead and follow the roadmap of having products out to support the film. You need to have the t-shirts and the posters and the toys and the video games. Otherwise, you have a movie, and it's just a movie, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a movie based off of a video game, yes, but it's still just a movie. They have to have something there to get people uh, more interested in supporting the product outside of the movie. So you need to have products there for them to, to purchase and, and, and buy. You know, now this is not a kids' film, so I'm not saying that we need uh, to walk into Target or Walmart and, and walk into the uh, one of the aisles and see a whole bunch of Borderlands merchandise. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that they, that you do need to have stuff out there for people to purchase and people to uh, you know get into outside of your movie, because your 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 movie is going to be a vehicle to sell video games. That's great. That's what it's supposed to do. But you also need to have the t-shirts, have people wearing the t-shirts, have people framing the posters and putting them on their walls, the movie posters and stuff like that. It has to happen, and it probably will happen. It probably will, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with, with that. I'm looking forward to seeing where they, where they go with it. Uh, they are teasing something new. Uh, so I think I read uh, that we could see something announced in March. We could see something announced in May that they're kind of you know beating around the bush that there could be something announced. If I were uh, Pitchford, I would announce it sooner than later. That's just uh, my humble opinion. I would definitely take into consideration having uh, the uh, the announcement in, in while you're striking while the iron is hot, so to speak. Okay, so in in what in short, what I'm saying is is that you want to make sure you have uh, uh, your fan base who's already rabid enough for the movie. You want you want to strike with them and, and get them excited more by saying, "Hey, there's going to be a game out, and we're going to release it at the end of September." So. There's going to be a game out, brand new game out at the end of September, beginning of August. Movie comes out in August. You guys are going to have Borderlands movies. You're going to have the Borderlands games. This is this is the way. This is the way to do it. And I, I that's that's the way I would do it. Quite frankly, if I were, uh, basic, if I were there and I was uh, doing, you know, in charge of any of their their marketing decisions or anything like that, that's exactly what I would do, because they've done it so long this way for so many decades because it works. It works to have products out there. It works to have eyeballs on things. It works to see someone walking down the street in a t-shirt that has your logo on it and your, the name of your movie or a character from it, and they go, what is that? What is that? They, they And have them go and research it. That's what it is, and that's what needs to happen with this movie. If they're going to make this movie into it, they need to make sure they have all the, the stuff out there for it they can, and there would be no better, bigger mover as far as fans go than having Borderlands 4 available. So we will see what happens. I really hope it does happen. I, we are starved for more Borderlands, I think. Uh, and you know, uh, Borderlands 3, as I said, Gearbox supported it for two years outside of the launch. So if they do that again, if they bring out Borderlands 4 and then they take the next two years to support it with DLC packs and and you know new skins and things like that, they could make a lot of money based off of it. They really could. That being said, Gearbox, that being said, Suicide Squad and Avengers should have taught you, hopefully, to not follow in the footsteps of those games. Uh, there is a very big possibility that they could go to microtransactions, which they've not done yet. But it has been rumored for a while that they were they were looking into 
uh, going through and doing uh, some microtransactions for, for things like skins and st- things like that. Um, I am not in favor of that whatsoever. I am not. I don't want them to do it. Uh, I want them to continue on with the same formula that they have. They made a lot of money off of Borderlands 3, and they did it without any microtransactions. They did it, and they, they had goodwill with the fans. Even though they were rumored that they were going to do money, a lot of money, they did not. So uh, hopefully they'll continue with that, and, and we'll uh, we'll get a new game, and it'll be just as good as 3, and we'll all really enjoy it. And uh, you know, Alex and I, if we've already talked about the fact that if they do bring out Borderlands 4 this year, that we will, she and I will stream it together. So that'll be uh, fun for both of us to do. Of course, you know, with Borderlands, I'm able to play a character outside of, of the one I'm playing with her. So uh, it wouldn't be necessarily be a completely blind playthrough because I would be playing it as well outside of uh, outside of what we were doing. So, but that is the plan. Hopefully, is if they announce it, that Alex and I will play it together, and that's what we're uh, we're, we're counting on. We really would love love to do that and argue over who gets to play as the siren even though we can both play as a siren so all right guys that's going to do it for me today i want to thank everybody for listening uh remember you can find me on twitter and everywhere else under the sun at evil enigma that's my youtube twitch uh kick and twitter okay you can find me on all those things i stream on all four of those platforms i even stream onto twitter I stream every Friday night and Sunday morning, so feel free to follow me on those platforms. Feel free to ask me the, any questions that you'd like to on your twi- on Twitter, or, or you know, let let me know what you think. Any suggestions you want to see me cover here on the podcast? Any games you want to see me play on on my streams? You know, feel free to reach out and, and say, "Hey, Enigma, I love the podcast. Could you uh, have you played Far Cry you know, before? Have you played Far Cry Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play Far Cry Four. You know, just just pick stuff out." And we'll, uh, you know, we can. I, I will listen. I do enjoy conversing with people. I do like, uh, uh, and I'm not one of those types that feel like everybody has to agree with me either. So, just if I say something like, uh, someone was asking me the other day about uh, Final Fantasy 16 because we're going to get rebirth. So I liked it quite a bit. And they were playing 15. And they said, "Well, what do you think of 15?" I was like, "15's okay. I mean, it's fine. Uh, it's not the worst of the of them, but it's dang sure not the best. It's just kind of." Meh, mid, you know, I guess is what the kids say, right? Mid. So uh, that's just my opinion. But I don't, I'm not the type of person that would someone, if someone came over to the top of me and said, Are you kidding? Final Fantasy 16 or 15 is like the best game ever. Okay, cool. You know, hey, go play if you like it. Enjoy it. I got no problem with that. I didn't hate the game. <laughs> just not my favorite of the series. So you can have uh, disagreements and such without having to rely on insults and, and, and anger and things like that. And just because I don't like something doesn't mean you're uh, not allowed to like it, you know, and vice versa. You know, just because I don't like something doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. If you enjoy it, enjoy it. So, but that's how I am on Twitter and Twitch and all that stuff. So you can find me at Evil Enigma on all those places. Please feel free to reach out to me. Uh, this week coming up is normal as uh, as as far as I know. Like I told you at the top of the show, we plan on playing Borderlands three on Friday night. Me and Alex, Alex and I, and then uh, Sunday morning I will start Final Fantasy seven Rebirth for everybody, and uh, we'll see some awesome Tifa goodness. I'm sure you know, I'm Team Tifa all the way. So uh, we'll see how that uh, how that turns out. I'm looking forward to playing that. Reviews have been pretty good so far, and I definitely hope that uh, we it's just the that it, that it lives up to that. I really do. I uh, don't know where the, the game is going to go as far as story goes, as we've talked about before. We'll see if certain things happen in this game that happened in the sub, uh, the original game that might not happen this time. We'll see. But uh, that's uh, that's the plan right now. So I'll see everybody online. And I uh, hope you take care of yourself. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. <laughs>